Welcome to Soul Talk. I'm so excited today. We have Swift Washington in the house. Hey, Swift. Swift is a first class international solo dancer who's just returned to the States after spending nearly two years performing all over China. So welcome back and welcome to Soul Talk. Hey, love. How are you? I am amazing now. I'm so happy to be here and I'm nervous and I'm excited. <laughs> all those things bundled up into one. So don't be nervous. This is just friends talking. You know, I've known Swift for years, you guys. Um, back in the day when I was doing Arts Life Entertainment, I was producing yes. these events in Houston and trying to get, you know, dancers and artists together to kind of promote their work. And he, how many shows did you perform in? A number of them, I believe. A number, at least four, at least four. Right. I did, I think I did the very first one at, 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 at um, Club Numbers off yeah, West Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so he's just uh, an incredibly amazing spirit, just so positive, so personable, and a great, great, great um, professional and person. And so I just had to have him on. So I'm so excited to share your story um, and talk about everything that you've been doing in your dance life. Yeah? Yes. yes. <laughs> so tell us how you got uh, started dancing. Well, uh, I don't have one of those typical, I've been dancing since I was three years old, three years old stories. Mm -hmm. um, mine is, is, is I, I, it's quite interesting because my dance, my dancing abilities actually derived from karate, from martial arts. Okay. From the uh, Chuck Norris Kick Drugs Out of America program. Okay. Um, this was when I was about 11 and a half years old. Um, I joined karate, so I'm a martial artist at um, at heart. Okay. And, um, that's where my dance abilities arrive derived from. But um, I actually started dancing super late. I took my very first dance class when I was 17. That's okay. I hear that yeah. more and more these days. I think that's cool. Yeah, and um, I, I did that, but see, I, I had already had some some um, some some abilities from my martial arts training because a lot of the a lot of the um the the different things that you need are already there like the correlations like for example it's choreography and martial arts and dance mm -hmm. it's muscle memory and martial arts and dance it's timing yeah. all those things they're like it was like a perfect alignment Okay. But um, I started to answer your question. I started dancing in 2003 of August at ACC Central. That's when I took my very, very first dance class. Nice, nice. And so when you started dancing, did you know, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for a living? Or what What was that journey like from taking that first class to now, you know, you, you are a professional dancer? Um, I think, I think I knew. I wasn't sure at that time um, because I had literally just gotten an introduction um, to dance. I uh, participated in my, my high school talent show in 2003. As a matter of fact, the, the exact date was March 21st. I looked this up on Google so I can, I was like, I pushed in 2005 calendar so I can get the exact date right. It was on a Friday. And, um, I participated in my high school talent show and I had never, I had never done anything like that. I don't know where I got the, cor the courage from to do it, uh -huh. to even participate. I was scared. I was, <laughs> I was nervous, man. And um, 
I'd always like danced in my school dances at the school dances, but I was like during the school time when when school was in, um, you know, I was kind of like the the nerd in 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 um, during school. But at school dances, I I was like day and night. But anyway, um, I, I did my high school talent show, and it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And um, that's how I. I got interested in dance and um, I won first place in the talent show and the girls were screaming. I said, I like that. <laughs> you know? I like that a lot. <laughs> I did. I love what those girls were screaming. I'm like, oh my God. Now what this is about. And um I um I um you know that's sparked my interest in dance to just the energy, you know that that energy conversion between myself and the, the audience was amazing. I, I still like have that energy now. I still remember that exact moment, those moments. And um, it was, I was just getting ready, I was just getting ready to graduate high school that year also. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found a college here in Houston that offered dance classes and it just, everything evolved from there. Nice. After I found that dance class, so. Nice. So then when it comes to you doing it professionally, did you first, did you start auditioning? Did you just start putting yourself out there saying, hey, I have this to offer? What was that like for you? Okay. I, and I love I love that I referenced to my karate training because I started dancing professional only two years after I took my first dance class. Mm. Because of my karate training, I had so I I developed quick in your and, body, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think I had only auditioned once in 2004. Before that, for Fly Dance Company, <laughs> um, and I did make it. I was I was um, heartbroken that I didn't make it, but I, I believe in God's path for us, mm-hmm. even if I don't um, recognize it at the moment, right? Um, but after that audition, I, I auditioned in 2005 for the Houston Comets, and that was my first professional job. Nice. And um, the first time I had ever danced on a dance team, and I made it. Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I started my professional dance career with the Houston Comets for, and I danced with them for two seasons in 2005 and 2006. So I was performing in the Toyota Center every week. Um, whenever the season was in 10,000 people every day. So, or every game. So that's That's how I started. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So where we know how you took your first dance class, we know how you got started and what's the, what's the first thing that you did. So you feel like the Houston comments is definitely like your very first big kind of. Oh my, by far. I mean, who gets to perform in a Toyota center every week? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And not only that, though, I mean, it really, you know, talk about some pressure. Yeah. That's, you know, that's that's some pressure. And um, I needed that pressure so I can be molded into, you know, what a, what a professional can handle mm. and how to conduct yourself and, and you know, things like that. Because we were representing, you know, a multi-million dollar um, franchise. Yeah, right. And, um, I mean... I was just so grateful to have that opportunity because like, you know, just like I'm saying, it was just the beginning of my molding into a professional. 
Nice, nice. I really love that. Okay, so then tell us how you ended up in China. Oh, man. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. I love sharing this story. Um, so my godfather taught me um, the idea of everything is negotiable. You know, keep keep things open. Mm-hmm. I'll give an example of what I mean. This is the example I usually use. Mm-hmm. If I ask you, hey, let's go out to dinner tonight. And you're like, oh, I'm busy tonight. And if I just say, oh, okay, well, maybe next time. I just cut my, I just cut our opportunity short. But if I say, how about tomorrow night? How about the next night? Until the answer is yes. Okay. That's, that's keeping, or at least keeping, keeping it open. Right. And a lot of people, it's, it's like, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's a gaining of wisdom, mm-hmm. you know? Like my godfather had to teach me, had to say that to me one day. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So how did I get to China? Um, one of my coworkers, I was teaching at the Jewish Community Center in 2005. I mean, I'm sorry, 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, I was getting ready to um, end a class. And one of my coworkers was coming in to start a class. And he was like, hey, they're looking for a teacher at this Chinese studio. And um, I didn't know anything about the studio or their status or anything, but I love new introductions. Like, I don't care. I I don't care, like, what status a a person or a place is. I just always take an introduction at least because you never know who you're turning down. Yep. You know? And, um, you know, at at that point in my life, I was literally really busy i was running my professional company i was teaching 16 class a week and i was going to college full time like i literally was busy and because of my godfather taught me that everything's negotiable and keep the, the conversation open i knew there wasn't an excuse for me being too busy i knew i could make the schedule work if i just give an introduction so because my godfather taught me that i was like you know what I told my coworker at the Jewish Community Center, give me the phone number, let me make a contact, and I'll set something up with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I taught one dance to, to the um, kids at the, the Chinese dance school. It's called J&H Dance, by the way, here in Chinatown in Houston. Okay. And um, I taught one dance, and one of the partners of the dance studio who became my sponsor, she flew over from China, as she does every year, to you know help out with the recital and stuff like that. And um, she saw my work and she um, was told about the way that I, you know, handled the kids. The kids really loved me and they liked how professional I was. And that's literally how I got the opportunity. Nice. Nice. I just want to throw this side note in. I know I'm always like beating a dead horse on this subject, but I'm always talking about how dancers network and the way we do it is in class. Right. So you weren't necessarily taking the class, but you were teaching it. And you were in class, right? So you were mm-hmm. in the studio, that's the point, made some connections. One connection led you to another, and that next connection led you to freaking China, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing about that is that I thought that I was just, I had absolutely no idea that these people would even offer this. I just thought I was going to go teach another dance class. Yeah, you and never really knew. And, I'm, and and look how it's, well, later on in the interview, they'll hear, you know, how much it changed my, now my entire life. It, it's it's taken on a totally different meaning for me now. Nice. Um, so yeah. Let's just lead, lead in right to that. So you went, um, you said, I, 
off off camera, you guys. He told me that <laughs> <laughs> he went first in what 2010 for about five weeks, mm-hmm. and then he went back in 2012. Was that with the same studio? Yeah, with the same sponsor. Mm-hmm. So they sponsored you back again in 2012 for mm-hmm. another month. And then, y'all, tell them what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went, then I was asked to move there by my sponsor in 2014, which is, you know, when things really changed. I was like, oh, God, you know, like, <laughs> I've been there before, but only for like five, four or five weeks. Uh-huh. But, Living in a different country is like a different ball game. Uh, let me tell you. Yes, we were in Shanghai for that was what 2009 or 2010. You know the marvelous folks and I for three months. So how many weeks? Marvelous, that week? that marvelous motions, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was Brandon, myself, Tiffany, and Adrian. Um, mm-hmm. There for I want to. It was three months. Um, okay. November, I can't even remember. Uh, the the fall and just those when i came back in december so i was coming back in december um i was back for thanksgiving i was like oh my gosh i miss america so much <laughs> yeah. like, away for that long um in a in a country when we were in shanghai you know so it was very much city um but it was very much a culture shock very much a culture shock very much you know learning to do things the food, the everything, and you know, I'm a Southern girl, and you know, I want, <laughs> I want what I want, you know, what, what I want. want. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, tell us about that. Those those two years almost that you were there when you went back as a freelancer this time. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll transition into that. So um, I stayed for eight months, being sponsored in 2014, and then I moved back to Houston for about eight months, and then. Because okay, during that um during that eight months that I was there in 2014, I had found love, romance. Oh, I fell in love with yes. <laughs> I fell in love with um a beautiful Chinese girl uh-huh. there. And um that was one of the reasons that, you know, uh motivated me to move back in 2015 freelance. Okay. Um but anyway after the eight months that I was I was here back in Houston, I moved back to China 100% freelance in 2015. And this is the longest I've ever stayed there for like a year and five months. And I hadn't even really freelanced here in America before. So it was like, I knew for a fact that it was gonna be a multifaceted challenge, which is, I did it on purpose too, because I knew that I needed to be able to to feel and handle that kind of pressure. And sure enough, I got exactly what I asked for. It was the toughest feat of my life, like in my career, for sure. How did you, how did you even begin? So did the, the person that initially sponsored you, was she able to at least, you know, offer some opportunities and gigs to kind of help you get going? Well, what it was was um, another thing about business because we are educating our, you know, fellow up and coming dancers, which is a, you know, one of the, the main reasons for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, before I even agreed to move to China in 2014 to work with her, we had to agree to some stipulations, you know, which a lot of dancers don't know how to do. I really want to emphasize on the importance of understanding 
you know, how to ask for things so your needs can be met too. That's yeah. very important. The deal has to be mutual. And one of those things for me was, I was like, I am not going to give up everything that I already have going, because I had it going on. You had a here. company and everything. Yeah, like I had it going on before I moved. And I was like, I'll be giving up all of that. Mm-hmm. But I knew I'd be giving it up for a much larger possible opportunity. It was a huge risk. But that's what the real game changers do. They take those huge risks. And um, I was like, well, this risk is going to have to make sense to me if I take it. And I was like, okay, I'll focus really hard on your school for six months. This was to my sponsor. But in exchange, I need you to make, you know, introduce me to some individuals that can really help boost my career over there. I need some real things happening, like some significant progress. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that didn't all pan out well for some, you know, for one reason or another, which is actually a, a typical thing in entertainment in general, which is fine. You know, everything is not always going to pan out to what you agree to. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to emphasize on another point, too. You shouldn't blame, you know, like, for example, I can't blame my sponsor wholly. You know, that kind of thing, it just didn't pan out. But um, I realized that, wow, you know, it's a, it's a, a, it's a, a lot of possible opportunity here for me in China to personal brand myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started getting into personal branding. And that's why I started freelancing because I knew that I would be limited under a sponsorship if I was working for, if the sponsorship wasn't significant enough. Right, you know, so you'd always be tied to their brand. You'd always be associated with them. Yeah, and and I couldn't, I probably wouldn't have the, you know, the the leverage to or the leeway to kind of, um, you know, work with other potential, yeah. mm-hmm. um, um, business partners. You right. know that kind of thing. Yeah. So in two thousand, this time when I lived in China, I was I was doing something totally different, which was building my personal brand. Okay. So now I'm into personal branding, which is important. It's something else we talk about on the Working Dancer. You know, we dancers don't really necessarily want to hear that word business skills, but the truth of the matter is, your freelance dance career is a business. Like you are a business, and so. It's not, it's not just going to some auditions and working some projects. You, you know, you've got to market yourself and that's where your quality headshots, resumes, websites come in, right? You've got to know how to network. That's getting in class, building those relationships. You've got to know how to have a good work ethic. You got to make sure your client is happy. Like that's, that's, you are running a business. And so branding is incredibly important um, because that's how people are going to think of you. That's, that's how they're going to, you know, associate you and your work. So I think, I think that's really Smart. I want to say this one point before we move on. That's why I commend institutions like um, the um, HSPVA. Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I did not, I did not get that kind of training. Like those kids are so well trained, not just in the arts, but on the business side too. Like they go into the world kind of knowing how to already get into the business in a more realistic way. You know that kind of thing, and, and I, I, I high school for the performing and visual arts here in Houston. You guys, just in case you don't know, HSP. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's one of the most highly regarded art schools in the country. It's they do a fascinating job with their students there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, I just 
you just kind of found made some connections and and made it work in china for a year and five months yeah and i mean i had never had my own place here in houston i had my own first place mm -hmm. i mean i was managing myself which was like super tough imagine managing yourself and in another country where you don't speak the yeah, language i was about to say what about that language barrier Did yeah, you? I, I learned that survival chinese girl <laughs> i did i learned you better believe i i got it you know yeah, yeah i learned what i needed to say <laughs> so. we had a translator when we were there i i, I tried to pick up a couple words so i don't know how you did it without somebody you know well, I also have to give a lot of props to my own, my, well, unfortunately, my ex-girlfriend now. She helped me a lot. Uh -huh. She helped me a lot. She spoke, she was very well-educated, Shanghainese girl. Uh -huh. um, she spoke English very well, and she helped me a lot. And I found, um, you know, Chinese friends that will also yeah. help me whenever I needed help. Oh, and I want to give credit to the expat community in China. Excellent, excellent excellent community i have never seen so many different kind of people from all over the world like work and help each other together the expat community in china is absolutely amazing they really stick together can you explain to viewers who might not know what that is what what is the expat community expats are are pretty much foreigners that live in any other country that isn't their native country pretty much mm -hmm. so no matter where you're from if you're living in another country you're an expat right so yeah. there were um we actually made friends while we were there you know and there's a lot of performers in china like china, mm -hmm. the, the culture for some reason they just bring over international performers and so mm -hmm. we met you know singers someone from the philippines and people from uh, germany and africa and all of these different countries and we stumbled uh, you know in shanghai obviously i can't remember it's been years it's this little touristy shopping place where there's restaurants and bars and that kind of thing i can't remember the name of the district was it called ctnd no if it, it slips my mind it really oh. slips my mind um if if i swapped if i if i after this showed you some pictures you might be able to recognize <laughs> where it was but in this <laughs> area was a lot of foreigners and you know we were all able to connect and mesh and so after we finished performing at night we're able to you know connect with people and it was really a nice kind of safe haven you know kind of feel like oh we're not the only outsiders we're not the only ones who are you know different so i appreciated that nice okay so yeah. then what you just came you just decided enough was enough and you came back or no actually i came back be um for a reason that that didn't have much anything to do with my career actually one of my unfortunately um one of my baby sisters actually got diagnosed with heart failure disease um, yeah and i was like well she had already been um battling lupus which is already serious yeah. enough now yeah. i was like you know what that's a double sign like i think i need to be closer to home because china's like ten thousand miles away from houston i was like you need to go you need to move back home like that's that's an obvious signal of like you know it's, it's just a change you need to make and i mean i don't care how well my career might be going like that's my sister yeah. you know that's my baby sister i need to be there that kind of thing so i moved back yeah i moved back for her but but the nice thing about it though is that i always it's not like 
oh my God, China's, that's the end of China, you know, <laughs> and my relation, like, and people always ask me, are you going to go back? Are you going to go back? I was like, I'll always go back to China because it just has such, such a special place in my heart and it has done so many amazing things for my career. I was performing, you know, when you gave me my introduction, you mentioned I'm a first class performer. That's because when I went, I was being flown from, you know, from Shanghai to like Beijing to perform solo performances first class. That means that my trips were arranged. Everything was arranged for me on these trips. Um, and they were in prestigious venues, things like that, with my own driver, five-star hotels and stuff like that. Like that kind of first class stuff. Red carpet treatment, huh? Uh-huh, that's right, yeah. Uh-huh. After, after a lot of hard work, though, and persistence. Yeah. Let me yeah. clarify that. I love that. Okay, so then now, what are you working on? Uh, what I'm doing now is I'm still continuing to um, continuing to build my personal brand, and um, what I'm gonna do do is um, or what I'm doing right now is putting together a YouTube video concept video campaign to help promote that okay. um, my personal brand. Um, I'll probably start shooting those those productions probably the beginning of June or something like that. Um, so all my Houston people look out for like my call for extras and stuff like that. And some of my professional dance friends in Houston. Uh -huh. wink, and wink. Other yeah. What's that? What'd you say? No, I said not wink wink, huh? Get get, yeah. get ready. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Two <weeks. laughs> I'm a terrible winker. <laughs> but um I'm working on my personal brand building. Um I just started because another thing that I want to clarify to dancers too is don't be afraid to try other things within the entertainment realm. Um I'm actually starting to DJ. Nice. I'm Look, starting to DJ. Do your thing. Um, you've got to get. You've got to be able to get paid, y'all. So you're gonna have to pick up more than one skill. Okay. That's right. You need to pick up, and, and it's nice that that skill correlates with you know what I do anyway. I mean, music DJing. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been doing Born by Misfits since 2005. So <laughs> I down, you know right. that kind of thing. But I'm getting into that with DJing right now. Um, what else? You said you were working on a studio. Now with that, what I'm going to do, I'm going to fall back a little bit on actually opening my building because I want to fund it 100% on my own. Okay. So what I'm gonna, but I am I am going to start teaching regular weekly classes. Um, Build your audience. In the fall. Okay. To, to start building up my, um, my student base. And then from there, after I accumulate enough funds, I'll go ahead and eventually open up my own actual location on building. Very smart, smart way to do it, you guys. Building an audience is so important to everything that you're doing. You can build some incredible services, products, whatever you got. If you don't have anybody there to buy it, doesn't matter. That's how Beyonce can drop an album and sell out with no promo because she has an audience that's already waiting for her to, you know, to hear her. So that's yeah, very And she did it, and she did it over more than a 20-year period now. <laughs> Right. I'm going to make that very clear. You know, all those times when Beyonce was struggling, people don't know about that. Yeah. that I mean, she is massive now. Mm -hmm. Massive. Mm -hmm. And she's still growing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's still hungry and she still, you know, makes it about the work. It's not just about, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think this is a whole other topic, but just a little side note. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just, it ties into a recent blog post we just, I just posted um, 
called uh, The Secret to, you know, Keeping Work and, and Getting More Work. Something like that is a title. And basically, I talk about how, you know, you got to a lot of people make the mistake of putting themselves before the work, right? So that's where you get these diva attitudes. That's where you, you know, and, and, and nobody really wants to work with a diva. So if you want to stay, keep working, you got to stay humble, right? And stay humble. You, 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 it's not really about us. We're always in service to our project, to our work and to this message and to, to dance, to the arts. We're always in service to the arts. So if you always are mindful of that, you will go incredibly far. Like you will always be working because when you honor the work, the work will always honor you. You know what I mean? I know what you mean to a mathematical, you know, <laughs> and I don't even know what word to use. <laughs> because let me tell you something. That is, that is, I built my, my following from grassroots. Mm -hmm. Most other people that follow me, I've actually met these people and I know them, mm -hmm. you know, like that. And now it's getting to a point to where people are finding me and I actually, you know, it's, I don't know who they are. Like, I've never met them or anything like that. But, you know, I love that you touched on being professional and being um, humble as possible and things like that. Because people, one thing people do not forget is how you treat them. No matter how, if, if, it's, if it's professional or not, either way, they remember it. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact that I want people to remember me as always being as professional as I understand how to be. And that derives from my martial arts training too. Like we were trained very serious about that because all we have is our reputation. And I know you know that. Yeah. So when people mention your name, they need to think of something excellent. Yep. And the industry is really small, y'all. People talk and <laughs> it is what it is. So yes, yes, I love it, Swift. So how can everybody get in touch with you? What's, where, where can they reach you? Right now, definitely, definitely, definitely on Facebook. I live on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I do have it. It's like slash fifty. <laughs> yeah, S W. But that one is S W E F T Y. Okay, good. Yeah. And that's an easy way for people to find you. So we'll put that up. Um, okay. Facebook.com forward slash Swifty. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And he's always there and he will make you feel right at home. So make sure you reach out to him. Nice. And as we wrap up, is there, you know, any special tip and what's the biggest thing that you would share with, you know, dancers that can really help them out? You've already shared a lot of the negotiation tip was amazing. Tip on professionalism, the connections, the um, thought about, you know, making sure that they are open their mouths and ask for what they need. I think that's, that's something that's important that needs to be heard. Anything else you want to leave that's like, this is what you need to know to make your dance career happen. Something that's helped you. I mean, the, the, the number one thing I think, or, or I should say at least one of the most important things is go and find people that are already being successful. They'll talk to you most likely. Go find those people. Mm -hmm. Go find where they are and ask them every question. You know what I did um, in 2004, only less than a year actually, um, before I started dancing, I flew all the way to New York to go and ask people questions. Wow. I couldn't believe I did that. I never got on the airplane and I talked with Mariah Carey's choreographer and Pub Daddy's choreographer. His name is Stretch. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like a original popper or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I flew all the way there literally just to ask them questions about how to be successful in my career. So if you're serious, you'll go and find those people and it won't be any limits. 
Yes, I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. Love. That is incredible. Yes, do your research, find people to talk to, watch all our podcast episodes and get tips there. <laughs> yes, watch my girl's podcast, please. Right. <laughs> and sincere. It'll save you some money on airfare because we got people right here on the internet for you. Um, but That's yeah. right. And you, and you interview people internationally. I saw you interviewed a guy all the way in India. Mm-hmm. I saw that. In, um, England, yeah. So that's right. Yeah, a gentleman from England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can save y'all all kinds of dough. You just look at the workingdancer.com for slash podcast. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Swift, for being here. I've been so enjoyed this conversation, and I know the audience has too. So thank you. Are again. you still there? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, okay. We had a, a slight technical faux pas, but we're still here. Um, okay, we're here. <laughs> so thanks again. I really appreciate it. I love your story. It's so inspiring. I love your spirit. I've always loved your energy and your positivity, and I think everybody should be as warm and welcoming as you. It just really, it really makes a difference. So I appreciate you. Um, love everything that you're doing. Thank you again for lending your time and your expertise to the working dancer. And until next time, happy dancing, folks. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody.